Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. And what I want to take you to is a moment right before Jesus goes to the cross. So if you're unfamiliar with what Good Friday is, it's the night that, it's interesting to use the word celebrate, but I am gonna use that word because we understand that it didn't end on Friday. There's a song I've been listening to this week called Sunday is Coming, and I love that. It's powerful to remember that yes, Friday was a dark time, the darkest day in history when the Son of God, who was perfect and blameless, was crucified on a cross and ashamed and embarrassed in front of the world. Why? To show just how wide and how deep the love of God is. And now we celebrate that yes, Friday was a dark day, but Sunday's coming. And I want you to know, you may feel like you're in a dark day right now, but Sunday's coming. And if Jesus walked out of that grave alive, which he did, he's more than capable to take care of whatever's going on in our lives. But we have to take that moment to surrender and take a deep breath. And and what I love about Jesus is that he demonstrates for us the realities of this life. Life is hard. Can I get a good amen? Amen, right? Yeah. Life is difficult. Sometimes we go through things we don't understand. Anyone ever been been going through something that you just didn't understand? And you still don't understand to this day why you had to go through it. All right, three of us. Let's try that again. Anyone ever gone through something you don't understand? You don't understand why I'm making you raise your hand right now. So you're going through that, right? It's because life is like that. It was never meant to all make sense. It was never meant to be easy. And we see that in this beautiful conversation that Jesus has with his father in the Garden of Gethsemane where the ultimate victory of the cross was achieved before the battle even started. See, Jesus went to battle when he went to the cross. He was whipped and beaten, a crown of thorns placed on his head. But the victory didn't start there. The victory didn't start when he walked out of the grave alive. The victory started in the Garden of Gethsemane with this simple little conversation that Jesus has with his Father. The verses will be on the screen or you can look along in your app tonight on your Bible. But in Luke 22, starting in verse 39, Here's what it says. It says, Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room, the last supper room, and went as as usual, I love that, to the Mount of Olives. And there he told them, Pray that you will not give in to temptation. And so he walked away about a stone's throw. Not going too far away, just a reminder that Jesus is never too far away. And he knelt down and he prayed. I love that Luke is one of the descriptive writers of the Gospels. He was a doctor, right? So you want your doctor to be descriptive. You don't want him to just kind of like, oh, you're kind of dealing with this thing. No, you want him to like detail it out. And Luke details things out. Jesus was not far away and he knelt down and prayed. And here's what he says in verse 42. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. And I don't want you just to pass over that verse. One of the most powerful things I realized in my life was that Jesus prayed a prayer that didn't get answered. And maybe you've prayed a lot of prayers that haven't gotten answered. It's because sometimes this life following Jesus is about surrender and submission and trust, even when we don't understand it. 
You have to see in this moment, Jesus is literally praying, God, I don't want to do this. Why is this happening? If there's any other way, please do it that way. And for me, I look at this and number one, I'm so internally grateful for what Jesus went through for me. Never deserved it, never earned it. He was gonna get nothing out of this, but that's why it was a true demonstration of love. Because if you get something out of it, it's not love, it's just human. Because <laughs> we do things to get stuff out of it, right? If you're married in here, sometimes you do the things you know your spouse likes just because you wanna be treated nicely or get the benefits of the, that relationship, right? I mean, that's okay, we do that, I do that. And with God, sometimes we do the same thing. But Jesus never did this to get anything out of it. It was a demonstration of sacrificial love. And he says, Father, if there's any other way, now he says, take this cup away. If you read that verse, you're like, was there, a, was there a cup sitting around Jesus? Just stop drinking from it, Jesus. Like, what do you mean? Well, all throughout the Old Testament, because again, this whole story is about Jesus. And this whole story is about relationship and, and the covenant family of God. And countless times throughout the Old Testament, it talks about the cup of wrath that God would pour out because of sin and the evil that existed. And someone had to drink of that cup. Someone had to drink all of that sin, all of that iniquity, all of that shame, all of that evil. Someone was going to have to pay for it. And Jesus says, God, if there is any other way, I don't wanna drink from this cup. But here's the most powerful statement in this whole conversation, and this is a powerful statement that will change your life and will change your faith. Continuing in verse 42, he says, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. And he prayed more fervently. And he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Look at what your Savior went through. Look at the weight that he was carrying. And I think he would encourage you tonight that he would say, hey, I carried all that weight for you. You don't have to carry it anymore. And before we go on to the last verse, look back at what it says. It says that an angel came and strengthened him. When? After he surrendered. So, much, so, much, so, so many times I feel like we're waiting for that angel of the Lord to come and save us and strengthen us, but we still have not surrendered. We still have not let go. On Sundays, we walk into this room in control. We want God to fill us, but we leave in control. We don't leave fully surrendered. You can't worship something until you fully surrender to it. And some of us, we're, we're holding on to that last ounce of control or that last little thing, and God is like, would you just let go? And Jesus demonstrated that for me and you. Jesus is holding on to this last ounce of control. Like, God, I don't want to do this. Because it wasn't just the physical pain that Jesus was about to take on. It was the weight of sin. I've heard it explained this way. Imagine you are standing before a giant tidal wave. And what it would feel like to have that giant tidal wave crash on you. All the burden, all the weight, instant death, right? But just before that tidal wave crashes on you, the earth opens up and swallows up all of that water. That's what Jesus did for you and I. He swallowed it up. He took it on himself. 
knew how hard it was going to be. And what's powerful about this moment is that Jesus is working something out with God. And we feel like we never have to do that in our faith. But you gotta work things out with God. You gotta let God be God in your life. There's this powerful thing about submission. And I know that word is kind of like a word. But not when it comes to following Jesus. And not when it comes to trusting God. Here's why. Submission is one of the most important things in your walk with God. Why? Because it will help you realize that God knows better than you. And that God has something better in store. And here's the thing about submission, and we see it right here in the Garden of Gethsemane, that you cannot be in submission and agreement. And so I feel like so many times in my life, I've, I've totally dedicated my journey with Jesus in steps that I agree that I should take. But I'll never get to the freedom, I'll never get to the fulfilled life, I'll never get to that victory in surrender if I just take steps that I agree with. Sometimes I gotta submit to God and say, God, I don't wanna do this. But yet, I want your will to be done and not mine. I'm so thankful Jesus did that because we can sit in this room today and take communion together and in just a moment, light a candle together that signifies that the darkness can never extinguish the light of Jesus and the light of the Holy Spirit in you. So tonight, maybe we need to surrender so that angel from heaven can strengthen us. What I love about this story is Jesus doesn't say, okay, that's it, I'm good. He says, no, I prayed even more fervently. Prayed even more fervently for what was going to happen in his life. And I believe he prayed for you and for me. And he prayed for those who would never believe in him, but he did it anyway. Before we read that last verse, I want to give you three things that we see in the garden here that I believe are the signs of victory that Jesus was giving us. Number one is that Jesus stepped into agony so that we can have access to the Father. I encourage you to write that down tonight because it's something that you gotta remember. What separates, I was a religious studies major at USF, I know everything about every religion out there. And what separates what you and I believe or that I'm inviting you to believe, no other God went through agony for his people. No other perfect God laid down his life so that his people could have access to him again. And we need to understand that what Jesus was going through was agonizing. He literally, it says, Luke is describing it as a doctor, describing that it looks like he's sweating blood. And some people say now, well, that's medically impossible. You can't do that. Well, I don't think it's medically impossible when this person is about to go through the most stressful, agonizing, overwhelming event that anyone would ever do. Like no one else has ever gone through this amount of stress and pain and burden. You may feel like you have, but I'm promising you it's not even close. And it led him to sweat these drops of blood, this agonizing moment. Why? So you can have access to your heavenly father again. It says when Jesus died that the veil of the temple was ripped in two. Why? Because it was, nope, there is no more separation between God and his people. You don't have to go to a priest anymore or a rabbi. You just go straight to God once you surrender your life to Jesus. You have, I want to tell you, you, every single one of you in this room, when you call on the name of Jesus, you immediately have access to God. You immediately have access to your heavenly Father. Why? Because Jesus is showing us the second thing. It's that surrender always leads to salvation. What are some things we need to surrender tonight? Because what I love what Jesus is doing as he's agonizing in prayer is he's realizing and God is showing him 
that we do not need to be so concerned with the results of our prayer that we forget the relationship in our prayer. Would I encourage you next time you step in to pray with God to not focus at all on the results, but just focus on the fact that you are exercising and filling yourself with the relationship with a good and perfect heavenly father who sometimes is gonna do things exactly the way you thought and sometimes will do things exactly the way you didn't think. That's actually the majority of the time. But when you focus on the fact that he is your good heavenly father, the results don't matter because it's building up that relationship. Sometimes I just have to tell Shepard, hey man, I just wanna sit with you. I just wanna be with you because I wanna have a relationship with him. And what I've realized in parenting is that when my kids surrender to Adrian and I to provide for them and care for them, their life is so much easier than trying to do their own thing. And for us, even as adults, I think we lose the process and the power of surrender. What do you need to surrender to God? Is it a thing you're going through? Is it an addiction or a fear? Is it a mental health thing? I would encourage you just to surrender it at the altar tonight and leave it here and don't walk out with it because it leads to salvation, experiencing Jesus having access to the Heavenly Father again and leaning into the fact that, God, you are truly everything that you say that you are. Because what I love about this moment, and I think this is what you can have tonight, is, is that Jesus is practicing this idea of spiritual solitude, not spiritual isolation. Because isolation, what we do is we go and pout in our room or in our car, and we just, oh, my problems are so big, no one understands, blah. I've done that. That's isolation. That's not healthy for anyone, but that's not what Jesus is doing. He's practicing solitude where it's just him and God working it out, agonizing and surrender, agonizing in, laying down his will so that the will of God can be done. Can I encourage you to practice solitude again or for the first time? To not just go and isolate and talk about how big your problem is, but go in solitude and say, God, I need you because I got some big problems right now. God, I need you because I can't do this without you. And isn't it freeing to know that Jesus walked through the same thing? But what does the last verse say? I think there's so much power in these few words. It says that then, or at last, he stood up again and returned to the disciples. (laughs) This is a great part. I love that Luke puts this in here because I don't think Luke was there. Only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. What I love about Jesus, at last he stood up. What does he do? He stands up to go back to his people, who he knows has already failed him. You could probably hear Peter snoring because he's only a stone's throw away, but he goes back to them. Why? Because he stood up in victory to go remind them that they are about to have victory as well. See, this whole thing about the Garden of Gethsemane is where Jesus, if you've ever seen the Passion of the Christ, stepped on the head of the snake and was like, the enemy, you are not going to take this moment from my heavenly father. 
You are not going to distract me. You are not going to defeat me. You are not going to deter me from doing the thing that is going to save all of humanity and bring forgiveness and freedom into this world so that every single broken, lost, and hurting person can have access to their Heavenly Father again, can find salvation in the name of Jesus again, and can have victory over the death and the grave and issues and problems and sin. Enemy, you are not going to have this moment because this moment's mine. See, the victory of the cross was achieved in this moment when Jesus stood up again. The victory of the cross was achieved when Jesus stared the face of the enemy, stared right in the face of the enemy and said, nope, not today, Satan. Because all of humanity started with the sin of one man in the garden who couldn't do what God told him to do. And 2,000 years later, because we cannot do it on our own, well, actually, thousands of years later, Jesus knelt down in that garden and said, I know this is going to be hard, God, but it's not my will, it's yours, and I'm going to do it because your sons and daughters are worth it. I'm going to get nothing out of it except reestablishing the family of God, forgiveness and freedom available to each and every one, and that is why it's a good Friday. And he stood up and went back to the disciples who had fallen asleep. A lot of times we look at that like, oh, how dare they? Come on, somebody. 3 a.m. at night, you're probably saying, God, I'll meet you in the morning. I'm going to catch some seeds right here against this tree. And you got to realize Jesus is closer than a stone's throw away for you right now. He's right here in this room. He's in your life. The Holy Spirit is in your life, who Jesus says is your advocate, who is greater than he to live this life and fulfill you. And so what I want, the last thing I want to give you tonight is Jesus achieved victory so that today, right now, in this moment, you and I have victory. You've never lost. You have never lost. And I want you to know that that victory is not far off. It's stood up and come back to you in the moment when you failed, when you fell asleep, when you weren't good enough. And it still says, hey, I'm right here. Let's go do this thing. Jesus is looking at you right now. He's he stood up. He's in victory. He stood out of that grave and walked out alive. And he's standing in front of you today Say, hey, let's go do this thing. Let's live this life. Let's walk victory and surrender today. And yeah, you and I are not always going to agree, but when you submit and surrender and trust me, I promise you, your life will be more than you could possibly think or ask or imagine. Your marriage and your family will be stronger with me involved and you trusting me, and you will see how you can make a difference here on this earth with the good news that I have proclaimed through this story of victory. Jonathan even prayed it earlier. What did Jesus say to his disciples in John 16, 33? We're going to talk about it Sunday. I have told you this, so that you, have had, so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you're going to go through it. Trials and sorrows by the day. But take heart. Jesus would never tell you to steal something that isn't yours. It's on the table right in front of you, so take it. Why? Because Jesus has overcome the world. All of it. It's all done paid it all for you, for me. And I want you to know that you don't have to walk broken. You don't have to walk afraid. You don't have to walk worried. You can walk in the identity of an overcomer. And I pray that even though we may fall asleep sometimes, Jesus is going to stand up and come over and say, hey, I'm right here. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. We got people to tell about this good news. 
We got lost people to get in this place so they can experience Jesus in a couple days on Easter. We got a good work to do, so let's get back to it. Why? Yet not my will. Your will be done, God. Not my will. But your will be done. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me before we have our candlelight moment tonight? And just in this moment, I would, I would think of where are, you, where are you holding on to control? Where have, you ref, where have you refused to surrender for years? Maybe you're even in this place and you've never even given your life to Jesus, but somehow you find yourself here on a Friday night in church. You don't have to figure out some long, drawn-out prayer to pray. You, I'm going to lead us in this prayer right here because if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. In your mind, I just want you to hold on to that thing. What have you refused to surrender? Where have you refused to let go of control? Have you really ever just let Jesus come into your life and let him change the direction of where you're going? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I pray that in your moment, when you're ready, that you would just pray this prayer out loud. Father, not my will, but your will be done. I'll give you a minute to pray it. Father, not my will. I just want your will to be done in my life and through my life, in my family, through my family, in my marriage, in my friends' lives. Not my will, God. Your will. you to remember that Jesus has stood up and he's standing right there with you. Say, when you're ready, I'm here. When you're ready to wake up, I'm here. And we're going to move forward. Freed, forgiven. Walking in victory that's only possible through daily surrender. Father, not my will, but your will be done. in this attitude of prayer and stand with me. Stand up with me tonight as we finish and we're going to sing a, one final song together. But before we do that, I'm just going to sing a song that honestly changed my life. And, and we have to realize that, you know, this is a beautiful night, a good time together. I like the peaceful moments. We're going uh, to have some good news to celebrate on Easter. I just got to tell you that. But I think it's so important to take a deep breath, slow down, and just have some sincere moments before the Father. But I want you to know, on that Friday, on that good Friday, Jesus was placed in the tomb and that stone was rolled in front of it. But we live on the other side of Jesus walking out of the grave alive. So tonight what I want you to remember is that even when life is the darkest, the enemy can never put out the light of Jesus. That even when life is at its most difficult moments, that candle of the Holy Spirit is shining in your heart, in your soul, and in your life. And where does it start? By saying, Father, not my will, but yours be done. I surrender all to you. As we fill this room with our little candle lights, one of my favorite old songs that changed my life is going to be up on the screen, and the team is going to lead us in it. And I pray that as you light your candle, you would just stretch out the other hand and surrender tonight. And then we'll celebrate with a really powerful song. And then we'll head on out, date night, dinner night, whatever you're doing. And then we'll see you back here on Sunday. But let's take this moment and just respond in worship what we just experienced. Father, not my will, but yours be done. Let me just pray over you one last time. Would you hold out your hands like this? 
Father, I pray as we light this candle that it would be more than just a physical act, but a personal spiritual act knowing. The darkness may be thick, but it cannot overcome the light inside of us. Because Jesus, you told us, you promised us, and you said, I've told you this many times. Gonna go through it in this life. But I have overcome the world. And you can have peace. And we pray that peace and that victory, and that access and that salvation for all of us tonight. In Jesus' name. Well, let's light these candles together, all starting from one source. Let's lift up our hands tonight as we sing this. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.